Hello, lacrosse friends, and welcome back to Lacrosse Link. It is episode five. I am Stephen Stamp, joined by Tanner Fetch. This week, great show. There was some excitement among New York Saints fans as that old NLL franchise kind of came to the fore with Boston Bruins coach uh, Bruce Cassidy saying that the New York Islanders portray themselves as the New York Saints. He wasn't actually referring to the lacrosse club, but the old NLL team has gotten some exposure from it. And Sal Lucasio was the all-pro goalie from that team. I had a great conversation with him. And Tanner gets together with another great lacrosse pro in Jeff Shatler to talk, you know, standing Buffalo and Anishinaabe, a lot of stuff going on for Jeff Shatler beyond just his pro lacrosse playing himself. So stick with us. It's a great episode of lacrosse. Beautiful play, Eric Gray. He is having himself a tournament. So he's definitely uh, physical, um, athletic, and somebody to be watching for. In the middle, it just bounces off. But it's picked up and scores. And it's a ticket talking miles for the biggest. That's a comma and a comma and a comma. Gotta get it. All right, lacrosse fans, here I am, joined by Jeff Shatler. If you don't know who Jeff Shatler is, I'm sure you do. Professional lacrosse player for the Saskatchewan Rush in the National Lacrosse League and on the world stage representing the Iroquois. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Well, anytime. It's always a pleasure to chit-chat with you. Uh, whenever we get to meet face-to-face, it's going to be even more exciting for sure. So right now, Jeff, you currently sit with 845 points in 229 games, the highest point leader for an Indigenous player in the National Lacrosse League. You think you're going to keep this going and break that 1,000-point mark? Well, that's the plan, man. Uh, you know, yeah. here's, here's wishing, uh, you know, honestly, I, I've, uh, told myself, you know, this will be my last year. Um, you know, I, I, I'm just getting too busy with work and my boys and I don't want to take that time away from my kids. Uh, I enjoy my time with my kids. Anytime I have food time, it's with my boys and, and my wife. And, and, uh, you know, unfortunately I love the game of lacrosse, but I, I think I found my new, what my future holds and that's coaching. I like, I enjoy coaching. Um, you know, I'm getting older. I ain't getting any younger. So I'm going to take one good solid run at it. I talked to coach Keenan. Uh, we are ready to rock for this upcoming year. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my, uh, you know, that's my plan. Um, and sometimes things change. You never know. Um, but you know, just in general, my kids, they, they need their dad around and, and me leaving on the weekends. is just not fair to them. So I'm going to sacrifice, um, playing. Uh, I think I've had a really good career. I think, uh, I've, um, you know, accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. I'd love to take one more run at it and uh, see what happens. For sure. I mean, I don't see you settling down at all. You still got it, but for the family, for the kids, of course, I feel like you're a Yarmar Yager. You're just going to keep going one more, one more, one more till it's, you know, keep it going, Man. but we'll see. We'll see how it unfolds. I don't got the flow like Yager though, buddy. <laughs> you can still grow it up. There's I'm trying though, man. I got a little flow, man. There you it's, go. Uh, it's working. It's getting there hot. You go. I see it. Your kid's got the same kind of haircut too, like like father, like sons, right? So yeah, he's a little beauty. Those ones, yeah, they're, uh, they're awesome. And so Jeff, you're settled right into Saskatchewan. You're coaching the Standing Buffalo First Nations Lacrosse program. You're running Shatler Academy down in Regina. Tell us a little bit about what impact you're making down there with those lacrosse athletes uh, down in Regina, down in Standing Buffalo. Well, we we got very fortunate. Uh, Regina Sports Performance uh, out here was just built. Um, you know, we have indoor turf. We have state-of-the-art, uh, you know, gym. There's two different gyms in there. 
we got tracks, we got all the everything you could ask for uh, for an athlete. So we got very, very fortunate to to be brought into that, uh, you know, into that facility. Um, we are running throughout the winter. We have a, a just a Shadow Lacrosse Academy winter program, and then we have our elite program. End goal is bringing two teams or even three down to California next year. Uh, we were going to try to do it this year, but with COVID and guidelines and insurance, it just doesn't make sense. But um, you know, Cali lacks out there. You know, there's there's a uh, Colorado has, has some tournaments, Minnesota. So I've been talking to a couple of boys uh, that I've played with in the past, and you know, I've got the invite. And, you know, we got, I want to bring these kids out to, to get a good experience. Um, you know, we, the try the cross program, we're trying to hook up with the dream catcher fund foundation now. And, you know, we're just getting so busy that, you know, like I said, uh, work and family, and then I, I don't really have much free time other than that. So it's, uh, it's been, it, you know, the whole, this, the Southern part of Saskatchewan has really taken in the Academy and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's only going to get bigger. Um, you know, warrior just jumped on board with us. Uh, we got a body tempering guy that comes in and rolls our players out and parents, man, parents are loving it. So we're trying to give that professional feel, uh, for, for the kids. For sure. And those tournaments that you're talking about, are those box lacrosse or? Yeah, it's going to be box lacrosse. Uh, we are looking at getting some field going, uh, field teams as well, but we don't want to like, you know, we don't want to just jump right into it. We want to make sure that our box program is up and running and it's running well. Um, you know, kids are enjoying it. And then if the need for field lacrosse comes in, um, you know, we, we would like to put a couple of teams together and travel, right? Get these kids an opportunity to, uh, you know, see some scouts. Or, you know, it's pretty tough for scouts to come down to Saskatchewan. You know, not a lot of people come down to Saskatchewan to come check out the boys. And, and so we need to go to them. Um, and that's my plan. I want to I want to create some travel teams. I want to give these guys opportunities and I want to give them, you know, um, you know, opportunities for scholarships. For sure. For sure. And speaking of coaching and scholarship opportunities, the World Junior Lacrosse Championship and the World Stage, which is set to be in Winnipeg this year, I guess we'll see how things unfold. But you are coaching the Anishinaabe team. Hopefully I didn't uh, mispronounce that, but I believe that's the team and you're taking the reins for that. How's that going there and how are things shaping up for Winnipeg? It, it's, it's good. It's good. Uh, we had to pick our teams through Zoom and which, you know, in any scenario, it doesn't make sense. So it, it's a really, really tough year with COVID, you know, 19 and all this craziness. But I think next year we'll be, we'll be up and running full term ready to rock. Um, we're going to be, you know, we, we have, we have kids we can pick from all over, um, you know, all the way down to California, right through South Dakota, you know, Canada, like it's, it's crazy how many kids that are spread out and, and how far they are. So we have to have training, training camps, you know, four different ones for all the kids that are out there. Uh, we need to take an honest look at them and we don't want, we want to go in thinking that we could, you know, stand up with the Canadian, the USA, Iroquois, you know, we want to, uh, we don't want to just be a part of the tournament. We want to, want to be a threat. So I think we have an opportunity at it. I think it's going to be a really cool opportunity for myself. Uh, you know, put that on the resume. I think it'd be really, really cool. My first time stepping in as a head coach, I just do everything in the background, almost a practice coach, but uh, I think it's going to be a really, really cool opportunity. We got Amy Keynes as our uh, defensive coordinator and then our offensive coordinator is Roger Weiss. So, you know, two really, really good guys uh, to be a part of the squad. And Isaiah uh, is, is, is looking after everything on the back end. So we're, we're, we got a pretty good team to uh, on the on the bench. And now we just need to put a good team on the floor. 
Well, there you go. Just like we did at the Junior NLL co-coaches right here, along with my brother Brady, the three of us running the bench there. So if you need another coach, don't be afraid to give me a call, all right? Will do, buddy. Will do, man. Yeah, awesome, Jeff. Sure. Well, I'll make sure uh, you're at the rink right now. I can hear the balls going up the glass and the boards. The kids are a little antsy for sure. They want their coach back, so I won't hold you up any longer. Thank you so Thanks, much brother. for jumping on the crosslink, and we'll talk again soon. Heck yeah, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Take care, Cheers. Jeff. Bye. Hi, this is Jaden with Al Anderson Source for Sports. Excited to tell you that we got all our new lacrosse product in for this upcoming season. Whether you're playing box or field, our lacrosse experts are going to make sure we get you into the right equipment to elevate your game. At Al Anderson Source for Sports, we know our stuff. Joining us on a lacrosse link is Sal Lacazio. Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Steven, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the conversation today. Sorry, a little horse. We had a big high school win for my son's team. And, you know, that screaming lunatic up in the fans. So uh, the voice has gone a little bit today. I have been the screaming lunatic as well. And uh, I know exactly how you feel. I have to be careful these days <laughs> as an announcer. So um, <laughs> glad to have you on, even if you're a bit hoarse. And just to set the scene for folks who aren't familiar with it, I think most, most lacrosse folks have probably heard about this, but New York Islanders playing the Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Bruce Cassidy, the Bruins coach, says basically that the Islanders paint themselves as not the Islanders, but the New York Saints, that they never do anything wrong, shouldn't ever be penalized. And he thinks it affects how things are, how their games are called. Pretty clear he didn't know about the lacrosse New York Saints team. He was just referring to them as angelic, but it really caught on and it's it's been pretty fun. And of course, the Saints did play in Nassau Coliseum where the Islanders play from 1989 to 2003 and probably the most renowned Saints player, five-time All-Pro goalie and NLL Hall of Famer, Sal Lacazio. And you've been having some fun with this. I sure have been. You know, and uh, it was game five, right? Watch the game. It was a big win by the Islanders in Boston, right? And I didn't watch the, you know, the, the post-game shows. And I love hockey. And I, honestly, it doesn't matter who's playing. I really enjoy um, you know, watching hockey games. And to me, it's, there's a lot of similarities between hockey and box lacrosse. Um, and then when I woke up um, the day after the, uh, the game, I had a LinkedIn request from somebody from Newsday. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what they want. And then I get to my cell phone and there's all these messages. Of, and I, it took me a while to piece it all together, you know, what was, uh, 
you know, kind of what was going on. And uh, so I had a little fun with it with uh, the, the local newspaper down here, a couple of things on, on TV. Um, and uh, yeah, Bruce Cassidy probably knows who the New York Saints are now. <laughs> and uh, he probably wish uh, that he had chosen a different, uh, you know, different acronym other than Saints to describe the, uh, the Islanders. Yeah, he got fined $25,000, which, uh, and everyone's saying, you know, the NLL probably got $25,000 or more worth of publicity out of the whole thing. <laughs> and uh, obviously having a lot of fun. It seems like it's brought back some memories, connecting a lot of the old Saints players as well. I've been hearing, you know, I mean, the story in Newsday, the uh, stories appearing in the Globe Mail, uh, which is a major newspaper in Canada, all over the place, uh, you know, Gavin Prout being quoted and all kinds of other players. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh... Um, you know, it's been a few years since, uh, obviously, since I've, I was, I've been involved with, uh, um, with box lacrosse, but, uh, did it brought back a lot of memories and then a lot of guys, you know, catching up with each other, actually met Rob Cotignato in the VIP suite and, uh, you know, had a little bit of food and a couple of uh, beverages with them. And, uh, a whole bunch of us were going back and forth on, uh, on different text messages. And to be honest, like, uh, we had a great run. Um, at the Coliseum. And, you know, there was a period of time where um, we did really well from an attendance perspective. Um, you know, there were some games where at the time where we would outdraw the Islanders who would play, you know, a night before or, or night after. And uh, although we never brought a championship there, was really proud because the team was made up of primarily field lacrosse players um, who were trying to make that transition and, and, uh, Something I took a lot of pride in, um, being a you know a, a, an elite field goalie. Um, you know, I wanted to 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 turn into uh, you know an elite box goalie as well. So a lot of good memories were uh, were clearly stirred up, and uh, um, and and now it's got me thinking about the Riptide and what they're doing, and uh, you know, really trying to uh, to turn the franchise around, and and hopefully some of the connection with the history you know, of kind of the New York organization, I guess we could just leave the names out. Maybe that, you know, some of the connection with, uh, uh, you know, some of the pioneers early on can help draw some of that field lacrosse fan base back out to the Coliseum because box lacrosse is, a, it's a great sport. It's exciting, it's physical, it's affordable. Like, uh, you know, I, I just hope more and more people get out and support it. So many things you mentioned that I want to touch on. One is, you know, you think, Matching the Islanders in attendance, well, over the last several years, that might not have been as much of a feat. I mean, they've had some issues, but you, you guys started in 1989. That is not that long after the Islanders won four straight Stanley Cup championships. They were a big deal. So, so getting those kind yes. of crowds was a big deal. Also, you were an elite field lacrosse goalie, and you became an elite box lacrosse goalie. Obviously, you're a Hall of Famer. Um, so, so again, that worked out pretty well for you. And uh, you mentioned, you know, meeting up with some of the guys and uh, that was that at game six you're talking about? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and it was, I, I was not going to the game. I was right. not going to go to the game. Like I, I'm just, uh, I enjoy watching them at home with the kids. And then, you know, so I'm part of uh, um, uh, team 91, which is, which is the biggest travel program here in the States. And the guys in the office like, oh, no, we're taking the staff out. You're bringing out your jersey and you're going to the game. And I'm like, wait a minute. My jerseys are all in frames, like hanging up, like, you know. So uh, it was funny when, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, which jersey do I actually take out? So I took the oldest one out, which was the smallest one that I could wear. 
to know that uh, I would look reasonable, um, you know, without all the padding underneath. So uh, and it was fun, fun stuff. And you guys weren't the only ones wearing jerseys, right? I heard there were shirt, t-shirts and jerseys, kind of a lot of them in the Coliseum and chants of New York Saints. Um, again, maybe the crowd didn't know what they were referring to, but it, it must have been brought back memories for that, too. I, I can't tell you how many people stopped me. They have to realize that, like, Long Island is one of the meccas of field lacrosse. Right. And uh, so I, I, I probably took 20 pictures with people, had a multiple conversations. You know, some people just either recognize my face from the article in Newsday or some other folks who just know my name, you know, through the, the lacrosse circle. So, um, you know, it was fun for a, uh, you know, for a night. My hope is maybe we're some sort of a vehicle, right, that can help, you know, bring the spotlight to the riptide. And, uh, you know, then hopefully the riptide can, can, uh, uh, can capitalize on that and, and draw some, uh, uh, you know, draw some fans back out. The riptide recently signed first overall draft pick, Jeff Teat, to a two-year contract. Uh, and this kind of came up when we were talking in, in the press conference about that, and, you know, talking to Rich Lisk and Brett Malamud, who does, Rich Lisk is the uh, vice president of GF Sports and, and oversees the, the riptide. And Brett Malamud does the media and they've been saying they planned to connect with the Saints, to, to make those connections, to go down that road. But this has expedited the process. They had to, they're like, well, I guess we do this now. And uh, they're trying to get things rolling. So what's your connection with the Riptide? I, I know you're a fan. Yeah, so, so I really don't have any connection with the, with the Riptide. I heard for them, uh, from them for the first time about a week ago. Um, and look, I, I'm a fan of lacrosse, okay? And I love box lacrosse. And I actually, I just think it, it can sell. Like, I think that style of game at the time of the year that they're playing can really draw fans. And to be honest with you, like, uh, um, it, it's a heavy Canadian influence on their staff, um, right? So Jimmy Beltman is a legend in the box across circles. I don't know Jimmy personally, but, you know, we've competed against each other. And the guy is like, what I remember most about him, he's like, he was a ground ball machine. It was like his stick had a magnet, Right. And then the head coach, um, you know, uh, uh, Dan Latisor, like, plays the game, like, with, you know, he, he was, you know, he was supporting his teammates, right? Played with an edge. Um, he was a guy who was always there to stand up for, you know, for his teammates and, and did it the right way. Like, you know, he wasn't going after, you know, one of the small guys on another team or something. You know what I'm saying? He was, uh, um, I, I respected, the, you know, the way he played. Look, if I were running the organization, I would do more to reach out to the field piece and maybe they could get somebody, you know, in the Long Island market, that's a recognizable name to help with the community. Um, but from a purely building, like a winning team, I mean, they're bringing in the right guys, right? Jimmy Velvet knows a little something about how to win in, uh, in box lacrosse and, and so does Dan. And, uh, so, um, you know, uh, hopefully things will go well for them and, and, uh, well as, you know, how do you measure well, how well they do in the field, how well they do, you know, in the, uh, with, with tickets. Sal Ocasio, uh, that's all the time we've got, but really great to have you on and uh, to touch base. This is our first time talking and it, it feels like uh, it's just so much fun to talk about lacrosse again. And it, it feels like an old friend anytime we get to talk about these things. Yep. Awesome. I really appreciate you reaching out, enjoyed chatting with you and uh, hopefully we'll see you at a Riptide game this year. Thank you.
Hi, this is Jaden with Al Anderson Source for Sports. Excited to tell you that we got all our new lacrosse product in for this upcoming season. Whether you're playing box or field, our lacrosse experts are going to make sure we get you into the right equipment to elevate your game. At Al Anderson Source for Sports, we know our stuff. Welcome, lacrosse fans, to the rundown section here at the end of the Lacrosse Link show. Once again, we have a big one here for you. The National Cross League, Panther City, expansion draft is coming up, and the protected players list have been announced. The options were for the teams was five offense, five defense, one goalie, or five oh and sixty, or four offense, seven defense, one goalie, or four oh and eight D. Two teams didn't select goalies. This year was Saskatchewan and Georgia. And then some rookies were taken in Jeff Teat, Marshall Palace, and you have some insight into the rookies who weren't protected. Yeah, to me, one of the most interesting things is the 2020 draft players because the teams haven't even had a chance to see them in a training camp yet, uh, let alone playing in any games. So 13 of the 16 first rounders from last year's draft were protected. The three who weren't an obvious candidates to be taken by Panther City are number 11 overall Ethan Rakes from Halifax, number 13 overall Lane Rushka from Georgia, and number 16 overall Jackson Subak from Philadelphia. Also interesting, the first two second rounders, number 17 Matt Boissano from New York and 18 Ron John from Colorado, were protected. Two more Second rounders were also protected, both by New York, Andrew Borgatti at 29 and Larson Sundown at 36. So lots more analysis to come. And next week, we'll have Bob Hamley, the Panther City GM, on the show. So we'll be talking lots of NLL expansion. We're going to jump to some field lacrosse. Lyle Thompson, I'm going to start with, was wearing an orange ribbon at the end of his braid in the PLL on the weekend. And that was to speak for the, the children who didn't come home, the, uh, the bodies that were found, the 215 in Kamloops, and now there's just so many more coming and we know there are gonna be a lot more. And uh, kudos to him and you know, it's a national shame for Canada. And I just hope that the attention being drawn to it will make some things happen. They, they need to be, it needs to be dealt with. I have to agree with you, Stamper. There's multi-generational multi trauma that is caused from the residential schools in the 60s scoop. Um, Lyle's braid and the ribbon was a testament to how important this is for reconciliation and in honor of, of those children who didn't come home. And I'm hoping that we can make, make headway together and find something positive where we can all work towards and heal as a group. 
Um, and then speaking of Lyle Thompson, we got to see him in the PLL across action. I'll just recap the scores quickly here. This was in Atlanta, Georgia at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Um, the Water Dogs beat the Chaos 14 to 12. We had an overtime in the second game, 15 to 14 whip snakes over the cannons. The Atlas beat the Redwoods 12-9. 14-9, the Water Dogs came out on top over the Chrome and 12-8 Archers over the Chaos. Um, the Archers remain undefeated, the only team undefeated thus far. It's been an exciting weekend, a weekend of action here. So every weekend, it's like NFL football. You look forward to it all week, all week, and then you get to watch the best take the field. Yeah, one thing that jumped in for me, a couple of uh, a couple of Water Dogs wins. They get rolling after you know a bit of a struggle last year in their expansion season, and uh, you know the big game on NBC's main network going to overtime as you mentioned, and uh, it, there was a lot of excitement, and uh, you know they're really building. So we'll see how how things go. Now they take a week off, and then uh, in a couple of weeks there's uh, there's the next round. I'm going to go to another cause. It's a big cause week for me. And I just want to share with everyone about Jake Thompson. Uh, he and his brother, Zach, are the founders of Bumpy Road Video Productions. They've been doing things like the Courier, Courier Brothers videos that have been popping up around. Uh, they're doing something they love. A couple of Orangeville brothers who are very good lacrosse players. Jake, unfortunately, has been diagnosed with ALS, better known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And there is a fundraiser that's been set up to help him out. So if you can and you want to, I uh, just encourage everyone to come together at the way the lacrosse community does behind Jake Thompson. We'll have the, uh, the link to joinjake.org up on the screen. And that is a sad story. And you know what? The one positive here is that the community is coming together in his GoFundMe page, which has raised $150,000 so far out of the half a million dollar goal. And again, like Stamper said, we will have the link on our website. So if you are interested in participating to help Jake, you can find the information there and go and support the cause. Moving into the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse Junior League, um, which the schedule has been released on the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League website. Uh, the teams have taken to the box to start practicing training camps and cuts. And it begins right after Canada Day. So there's not a lot of time to make these decisions and get these players into tip top shape. But you know what? It is really exciting that we are back here in the Rocky Mountain Lacrosse League, here in the Prairies, back on the floor for the fans and for the players all together for box lacrosse. It's exciting. I'm excited. It is. It's good news when we're seeing things starting to happen again in box lacrosse. And uh, some more good news for McGill University. Uh, they, there has been a $1 million donation to athletics at McGill from uh, alumni uh, Claude and Miriam or Claude Genera and Miriam Legault. Uh, their son Louis Charles uh, played at McGill and they wanted to donate and really help out a million dollars going to the school. 125,000 of it in the form of five $25,000 donations for each of the next five years is going to start a fund for excellence in lacrosse at McGill University. So again, some great news there. And uh, yeah, just, it's nice to have some good news with some of the, some of the challenges we've been going through in the last year and a half. It really is. And you know what? School isn't getting any cheaper. It's getting more expensive. And then also playing sports, there is a cost to it. So these two things coming together to build the athletic program is really exciting. And I tell you what, 
If I win that 649 here, the lotto max, whichever one's the 70 million, I might have to make some donations on my end too. I'm going to make some donations if I win it. I'd have to, I'd have to buy a ticket, which I haven't done. I don't know when it is even. But one <laughs> is right away here. So Okay. Uh, I would definitely uh, do the same, and I might just buy myself an NLL team. Who knows? Uh, yeah. That will do it for this episode of Lacrosse Link. Uh, it's been a great show with Jeff Shatler and Sal Lacasio. I'm Stephen Stamp for Tanner Fetch. Thanks for being with us. Can't wait to see you next time as well.